Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. You know, the book of Revelation is an amazing book. It's called the book of Harvest. Where, you know, um, every seed in the book of Genesis is harvested. So if you want to know what is going to happen in Genesis, you go and look into Revelations, you'll find it. So, two of the books that Satan will stop you from reading is Genesis and Revelation. How many of you here read Revelations? Now, the book of Revelation gives you... I've taught you about the dispensations. And I mentioned that the dispensation of grace is from the book of Acts chapter 2 to the book of Revelations chapter 4. From chapter 5. It's another story. But chapter 5 of the book of Revelation is the most interesting chapter. It is called the chapter of grace. So you need to understand what is in chapter 5. And of course, I know you know the story that John was talking to the 24 elders and he said, who is worthy to take the, 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 the seal from the, the, the book from the father? And he said, nobody was able to. Then he was crying. And then he saw a lamb, you know, John was crying. The elders were crying, you know, and so on. And so. I know you know the story. Can I take you deeper? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, when you are ready, I'll know. Are you ready? Now, the book of Revelation is not about John. <laughs> None of the books of the Bible is about the author. Every portion of the word of God is about Jesus. So, the first person John saw in heaven was the one the book was talking about. Jesus. Do you remember? Now, the Jesus he saw was different from the Jesus he used to know on the earth. When Jesus was on the earth, he was like a normal man. And they could relate to him. But the Jesus he saw in heaven, the Bible says he laid down prostrate. Because he heard his voice. 
and his voice was something else. He saw his eyes, even the hair, even the feet was amazing. Now, he saw Jesus glorified. And this Jesus glorified, he loves you so much. That he did something for mankind. Not for the church alone. For mankind. In chapter 5. In chapter 5, he released, because I'm going to talk to you about chapter 5. He released his grace. Because something was about to happen to mankind. And it would have been forever. In fact, what was done to mankind was perfect and complete. That is why the 24 elders said, he shouted when John was weeping, he said, hey, stop crying. Because that change that we're looking for has come. So I want you to focus on this message. It's going to be one of the best messages you've ever heard. I might not have time to get into each of the seals. I'll do it for Monday. Now, there are a lot of people who have preached about the seven seals. And all they are interested in is what is, I mean, the breaking of the seal. Now, the breaking of the seal is not something exciting. It is not a blessing to anyone. The first seal, the Bible says that he saw a horse. In fact, a white horse. And there was a man sitting on it and was given a crown. That he should go forth conquering and to conquer men. Then he saw a second horse, red. And he was given a sword to take away peace from the earth. Then he saw a black horse. Then he saw a pale horse. And all these things were nothing that was releasing blessing to us. So what is important about the, the seven seals is for you to understand what the seal is, what the book is, what the seals are, and what happened before Jesus took the scroll. Then you can confidently look into the scroll and find out what is in there. Can you see that? Because for, the, for example, the white horse, the one who was sitting on the white horse was the Antichrist. How is that one a blessing for you? And people have taught this to make it seem like we are all going to go through the, the punishment or the contracts or the deeds of the book. But I'm sorry. That is not the case. If Jesus had not taken it, it would have been the case. But since he took the scroll, the story changed. You ready for the story behind? Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the, in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the back side. Now, I'm going to be a bit um, detailed to bring your attention to certain things. Because I am going to allow the scriptures 
to explain themselves. All right. So he said, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the backside. Okay? Sealed with seven seals. So the words I want you to notice here is the book written within on the backside sealed and seven seals. So if the Bible is yours, like they will say, underline these ones. But if you have a phone, I don't know how you underline. But there are some phones you color. So color. You've gotten me there, I know. Verse 2. And I saw strong angel proclaiming, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof. This statement is amazing. We'll come there. Verse 3. And no man in heaven. Now I want you to notice the word man. And no man in heaven nor in earth neither under the earth was able to open the book neither to look thereon. Let me bring your attention to something. Okay, before I do that, say Holy Spirit. Open my eyes. Give me revelation. Let me see beyond the scriptures. Okay, so he's going to do that for you. So whatever I will see, you will see. Now, the thing is happening in heaven. Why is he looking for a man? Why not angel? Why not any of the 24 elders? Why is he looking for a man? And no man in heaven, no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth was able to open, neither to look thereon. No man. Why no man? Underline no man. This is not Raman night, I know. Verse 4. So here, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look around. So the, the one that is capable of taking the book is a man. Why the man? Why not a supreme being? That is so powerful enough to take it. Why a man? So now we are decoding the scriptures. It's my grace. Go on. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. This statement was very like, um, like shouting on somebody to stop immediately. Weep not. Behold, see, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and all these descriptions are referring to men. Because there's no tribe of Judah in heaven. The root of David in, is here. Hath prevailed. Now, before he came to take it, he has already prevailed. He hath prevailed to open the book. And I will explain why he prevailed. And to lose the seven seals thereof. Okay? Then he said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, 
Remember there were seven seals. Which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth. But this matter was happening in heaven. Why was it so concentrated about the earth? Go on. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Go on. And when he had taken the book, the four and twenty elders fell before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden veils full of order, which are the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints. Note it. Now I want to show you something that I didn't mention. Go to verse 4 again. Verse 5. Okay. Now look at it. Okay. The next one, 6. Uh-huh. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne are the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Please note that. So he saw a lamb. But it looked like the lamb has already, his neck has already been cut. And so blood was coming. Why that statement? How important is that one? In other words, the one that is coming for the book, it looks like he's already dead. He, they've cut his throat. And blood is coming out. And he is coming. What does it mean? What does it mean? So I'm done preaching the thing. Now, for us to be able to understand this, we are going to allow the same scriptures to explain revelation. Because remember, I said revelation is harvest. So whatever is in revelation has already, we have been already been given the clue and the seeds have been sown. Is that okay? And who did God find and gave this revelation to? Jeremiah. So we go to Jeremiah chapter 32. Now, in this Jeremiah chapter 32, there was a king called Zedekiah. And his name, Zedekiah, actually means God's righteousness. But the guy was so wicked. He did not live out righteousness. You see, the Holy Spirit, when he's writing the scriptures, he's very emphatic about names, numbers, tokens, symbols. So when he brings a name, you must decode what he's trying to say with the name. Otherwise, you will not come to the school of the word. Because what I'm, what I'm going to do throughout all the days is to teach you how to study the word. And one of the things we will look at are numbers, symbols, tokens. Because I know when you are reading, you just read, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the Lord, and the Zedekiah, because you don't even Zedekiah, king of, because, so Zedekiah, you know, king of Judah, which was in the 18th, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, it's not interesting. You run off. But wait, it's interesting. So he said, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year, in the 10th year is another thing. In the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. 
For then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem. Now notice Babylon. Besieged Jerusalem, God's people. And Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison which was in the king's, king of Judah's house. Now Zedekiah arrested Jeremiah and he has a prison that is under underground. So and, under his house. So that is where he put Jeremiah, the prophet. For what purpose? Because the guy gave a prophecy concerning Revelation chapter 5. He didn't understand. Instead of consulting the prophet and live righteously, because his name Zedekiah means God's righteousness. He didn't live out righteousness. He began to fight the word of God. He began to fight the king. I mean the prophet. And put him in prison. Underground. So he was there. Now if he has told you that the king of Babylon is coming to besiege your city. And besiege you. Don't won't you ask the prophet. Imagine I have given you a prophecy from the Lord. And it's so scary to you. You don't go and report me to police to come arrest me. Because if the police arrest me or not, the prophecy might come to pass. What you have to ask is that, okay, what can we do about it? Then the Lord will give a remedy to the prophecy. So that's what he did to Jeremiah. Go on, three, four. Oh, we are here. We are three. Okay, go back. For Zedekiah, God's righteousness, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Wherefore does thou prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord. Say, so why are you prophesying to, and saying that, you know, saith the Lord? You should say, say, oh. <laughs> Behold, I give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon. Wow. I give what? This city to the king of Babylon. Now, when you hear the king of Babylon, in Bible explanation, you should understand that Satan is always at the corner. And he shall take it. Go on. And Zedekiah, the king of Judah, shall not escape. When you fail to live out the righteousness of God, you might not escape. So he said, the king shall not escape the hand of the Chaldeans but shall surely be delivered into the hands of the king of Babylon and shall speak with him mouth to mouth and eyes and his eyes shall behold his eyes. And he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon and there shall he be until I visit him. Sayeth the Lord, though ye fight with the children of, with the Chaldeans, ye shall not prosper. Go on. Now, the, the, the king has asked Zedekiah a question. Why did you prophesy this? You expect Ze Jeremiah's answer to be, okay, I'm sorry, king, but the Lord says this. And, and that's the normal answer you expect, isn't it? Let's look at Jeremiah's answer. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, behold, he began to release another revelation. Hanamel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle shall come unto thee saying buy my field that is Anathoth that is in Anathoth for the right of redemption is thine to buy it hold on 
please. You have prophesied. They have, they have arrested you and put you into prison. They are saying, why did you prophesy? You are talking about a land that you are going to buy. But in this statement, he revealed the revelation behind the prophecy. This verse 7 captures everything. Are you with me? Now, he used two words in here. In fact, three. Hanamil, Shalom, and Anathoth. To explain the story of the land and the city and the, and the, and the captivity and everything. Okay. Now, in Hebrew, Hanamil is from the root word Hana and L. Hana and L. Hana is from the word Hananiah. You remember I taught you that? And Hananiah, Hananiah means the grace. And L means God. So Hanamil actually means the grace of God. The word Shalom in the Hebrew means paid. 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 And the word Anathoth means answered prayer. So he, Jeremiah, I'm not sure he understood this. But he only gave the prophecy that came. So he was trying to say that there is grace that has been paid for. Based on an, to answer prayers that has been made. Can you see this? Hmm. Now remember, they are going to go into captivity. But they are praying. And there is going to be a release. But before a release, something must be paid. So there is a payment for the grace of God to be released. And if you understand this grace payment answered prayer, you just need to know it is centered about one man, Jesus. He is the one that paid for our grace. So here alone reveals Jesus. Can you see that? Go on. So the grace of God, my uncle son, <laughs> came to me in the court of the prison according to the word of the Lord and said unto me, buy my field. Remember, the Bible says that a businessman went into a far country to buy a field. And when he saw that there was treasure in the field, he went to sell all he had to come and buy everything. Do you remember? Yes, so when you see the word field, you must understand that he's talking about the world. Can you see that? Yes, all right. So Hanamil my uncle's son came to me in the court of the prison according to the word of the Lord and said unto me, buy my field. I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine. Now, what it means by the right of inheritance is something I'll tell you later. So he said, buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So in verse 9, uh -huh, he bought the field of Hanamil 
my uncle's son, that was the Anathoth, and weighed his money. He purchased with something. Can you see? There is shalom here. There was payment. Even 17 shekels of silver. 17. 17 makes a, makes it comes alive to you. Okay, go on. If it doesn't come alive, it's okay. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it. The word here. Sealed it. And took witnesses and weighed him the money in the balances. Do NLT here. Do NLT. Here. Oh, I love it already. Can you see Jesus in here? I signed and sealed the deeds of the purchase before witnesses. Weighed out the silver and shalom. Paid. Okay? Alright, 11. You will love it, don't worry. Then I took the sealed deed and unsealed copy of the deed. So there are two. There is a deed that has been sealed and there is one that is not. Which contained the term and conditions of the purchase. So now, in the sealed deed or the book, what is in the sealed book is actually the terms and condition. Have you heard the Bible describe Jesus as the Kingsman Redeemer. Don't worry. You say yes. I won't say it. Explain. But have you heard the Bible says the Kingsman's Redeemer? Okay. In the book of Leviticus. Let's look at something. In the book of Leviticus 25, 47 to 49. Oh, I love to talk about Jesus. I tell you, if you read the Bible and you don't see Jesus inside, close it. Go and buy graphic and read. Because you cannot read newspapers and not see your president in there. Every morning you will hear something. Either from him or from his government. How can you read the Bible and not see Jesus in there? From cover to cover. Okay, now look at it. And if a sojourner or a stranger or a foreigner wax rich by thee. Let's do NLT, okay? Suppose a foreigner or temporary resident becomes rich while living among you. If any of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and are forced to sell themselves to such a foreigner to a member or to a member of his family, they still retain the right to be bought back. Even after they have been purchased, they may be bought back by a brother or an uncle or a cousin. In fact, anyone from the extended family may buy them back. They may also redeem themselves if they have prospered. Okay. So he's saying that, assuming that I have come to this room Okay, and I'm very rich. And one of you 
It's very poor. You need so much money. And you can, you can come and sell yourself to me. Or any property that you have. The Bible says that I can pay for it. And, and take ownership of it. Possession of it. However, after some time. The one who sold it to me. His cousin. His brother. His uncle. Or any of his extended relatives. If they have money. They can come and buy it back. Which means that it is not a full possession, complete, perfect, eternal. It is only for a time because it can be purchased back. Can you see that? So the land, if you understand this, it is called Goel. G-O-E-L. Or the Kingsman Redeemer. Which, man, which means a Kingsman is one that is from the fa same family. Okay? What's it? Your Kingsman is Alex. You see? Now, I want you to notice the, the statement here. The only person that is qualified to redeem you must be a Kingsman. And there was no man in heaven. Is it coming? So, for a person to become a king's man, there are three conditions. The person must be very rich. So much money that he could buy the thing. Two, he must be a relative, a king's man. And three, he must be willing to do it without conditions or without wanting anything back. Don't forget that one. Remember when Jesus paid our freedom? He didn't ask us to come to me. He bought our freedom and asked us to go. We decided to run to him. Okay? That is the king's man. Okay. Now, what is all these things that the word of God is talking about? God made a statement in Psalm 115, verse 16. Give me words, Holy Spirit. Give me words to explain. Now look at the statement here. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. This is a principle that God enshrined. That the earth he has given to the possession of children of men. And the first man that God handed the earth to was Adam. Now, when God gave the earth to Adam, Adam messed up. Adam messed up. Now, the reason why God created man on the sixth day was for a reason. 
was for a reason. So when Satan took over the earth, because Adam sold to him, God had to introduce rest, which was the next thing that man should have entered into. Because man was created on the seed day. On the seventh day, God rested. So God's plan was that he creates man. Man enters into rest. But man couldn't enter into rest. Because man sinned on the seed. You know, he remained in that seed realm. Okay? And the devil came just in the next chapter. And, and closed man off. So now God had to now come back in his law. And introduce the rest. Called the Sabbath. Which they had to obey by force. Then he made a statement in the book of <laughs> Exodus chapter 20 verse 9. When Satan bought the earth, I mean took the earth for man, God gave it out as a lease. As a lease. The reason why Satan is the God of this world is because he has this world just for 6,000 years. He said, six days shall thou labor and do all thy works. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it, thou shalt do, not do any work. Thou, nor thy sons, nor daughters, etc. There is no work. Because in the seventh day of the Lord, he takes over. Now in the seed day, you know, if you understand scriptures, you have an idea. You know, years ago, we said Jesus, 22,000 years ago. The earth is unleashed to the devil. It's not his bona fide property. Can you see that? You see, this thing would have been with Adam. That seed day, the reason why he created him on the seed day was to give the earth to him for that 6,000 years. But he handed over the baton to the devil. So now man must now labor and toil. Can you see that? Yes, Until the least period of 6,000. Because in the book of 2 Peter, the Bible says that one day, it's, a ten, it's like 10,000 uh, years before the Lord. So that six days you see there, it's not actually six days. It's actually 6,000 years of lease. And we have not reached that 6,000 years. So see, when Satan took over, the law entered. The earth began to suffer. Curses upon curses. Men must sweat for blessings. Men must do, you know, they must labor. Thank God for us. Once we find Christ, we enter into his rest. So we have entered into the rest before we enter into the rest. Can you see that? Today you are having a foretaste of what will happen when Jesus takes over everything. Now the reason why you must pray is because the earth is unleashed. The earth that he gave to the sons of men. Sons of men gave unto the devil. No wonder Satan is called the God of this world. The prince of the air. Because the earth has been. Can you see that? Yes, sir. 
And what empowered the devil to take full ownership of the world was sin. Because without sin, he couldn't have taken over. Because the first thing Adam saw in the garden was sin. Unbelief. So sin introduced the ownership to the devil. Can you see this? Hmm. Interesting. Am I confusing you enough? Okay. So go back to the Jeremiah 32 and go back to 10. He says something. And let's look at it carefully. He says, I signed and sealed the deed of the purchase. In other words, the contract, the terms and conditions within the purchase. I signed it. And I even got witnesses to also sign. Because you see, a purchase will not be complete if the owner of the contract needs a witness. Even your normal contract, when you sign, they say somebody must witness. It's a scriptural principle. Is the number two or three? By two or three, a matter is established. Now, in the garden, there was a contract. The devil, Adam, and Eve. The three of them were there. Whatever they did was a signing of a contract. To pass on the ownership of the earth. To Adam. That is why when Jesus came, he did not come to destroy the devil to take whatever because there was a contract. That is why Satan had the audacity to tell Jesus that bow before me, I will give you the kingdoms of the world. He never created anything. How come he became his? He became his because there was a contract. There was a witnessing. The contract, even though Eve was the one that spoke, the owner was Adam. So the contract was between Adam and Eve, Adam and the devil, and Eve was a witness. So it was a complete contract. Please understand this. Now, because the contract has been signed, God cannot intervene in the affairs of the earth unless you pray and bring God into the matter. But there is coming a time when the lease period is over. Then God can now enter into the matter in all his sovereignty. And he doesn't need any permission from anyone because it belonged to him. Can you see this? Now, the terms of the contract is amazing. So deep, so powerful. Remember, where there's no sin, there's no death. So listen, let me just give you a clue. The first seal in heaven, when Jesus broke, broke um, from the book, the first thing we saw was a white horse and he that sat upon the white horse was given a crown, meaning power. And the Bible says, 
and he was given power to go conquering and to conquer. So when the Antichrist came, no mercy. He came to conquer and to conquer. The Bible says that he even caught fire. People, even if you don't worship his image, you are dead. That is the first one. Are you with me? So what is the terms of the conditions and the conditions in the, in the book? Now, I showed you um, a picture of the, scroll, of the seal. Okay, so, so this is the book. You realize that it has been written inside and on the outside. And it has been sealed. So these are the seals. Now, inside the scroll is the terms and conditions for the purchase. And on the outside is the signing and the signature of the witnesses. Can you see that? So now, why did God have to come in the form of man? Couldn't he have been in heaven? Because in the time of Noah, he didn't need to come onto the earth. He just caused rain to come. So God could have been in heaven and caused salvation to happen to men. But that was impossible. Because now, the ownership has gone to be with one, somebody. And the one that caused it so is like, now we, the world. The, that's why I said, for God so loved the world. Okay? We, the people of the earth, that he gave the authority to, we have given that authority to somebody else. And here, the Bible refers to the devil as a rich guy that has bought the world. And his currency that he used to buy the world was sin. Can you see that? So the Bible says that God came in the form of man. He became a slave so that he can be like us. He took the form of man so that he can become a king's man. A brethren. So the only person that can buy must be a king's man. Do you understand? And this king's man has three qualifications. He must be rich. He must be a relative. He must be willing to, to purchase. So Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says for um, yeah, for what the Lord could not do in that he was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemning in the flesh. He counterpaid the currency that was used to buy the world because the Bible says that for we, the sin was under bond, uh, the world was under bondage of what? Sin. Now, the value of the world when the devil bought was sin. <laughs> the value if I buy this microphone, microphone 100 million the value of this microphone is 100 million it's according to how much I bought it what I used to buy so the value of this world was sin because sin was the currency 
that was used to purchase the world. So God came into the flesh. Hmm. In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus was God. And he did not find any equality. He did not find it equal or any equality comparing himself, you know, in the things of God. But he stripped of himself, of his kingship, his deity, and he took upon himself the flesh. I'm just trying to explain to you why Jesus, God had to come in the flesh as a man. Because he might, he, and he had to be born into his own people. So the Bible says he came to his own. Why is the Bible referring him as own? Because the only person that can redeem the world must be a king's man. <laughs> he must be a goel. A king's man. So he came to his own. The statement own. His relatives. Or his people. Can you see that? That is the reason why he was born into the tribe of Israel. Because actually, the first people that God had in, in mind to redeem them was Israel. Then the Gentiles. It's called the household of what? The household of the sheep of Israel. You remember that statement? Listen, you better understand this. Because people will be teaching you about revelation. And they will be scaring you with the seven seals. Georgia. So he came to his own. God came and go to Philippians 2, 5, 6. Look at it. Who being in the form of God. Amplified. Who, although being essentially one with God. So Jesus was God. And in the form of God. Possessing. So he was, he was God and he was in the form of God. So he was everything God. There was no humanity with him. Possessing the fullness of the attributes which makes God God. He did not think it equal with God. This equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained. Uh huh. He stripped himself of all what? Privileges and rightful dignity. So as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave. Why a slave? Because when, we were, when Satan purchased, everyone was a slave. If I buy you, you are my slave. So even Jesus came under the law. That's what the book of Hebrews says. He came under the law. So that the whole essence is that he might be a king's man. Because without a king's man, by law, on legal grounds, he is not allowed to purchase the prized possession. In that, he became like, a, like, a, like men and was born a human being. So he had to become a human being so he can help redeem human beings. Can you see that? That is to tell you how rich he is. So one, he's a king's man. Two, he must be very rich to buy. And three, 
He is willing. And the scriptures is telling you how willing he was. He stripped himself of his, his royalty. His deity. He was willing to lower himself. God, lower himself for a man he created to conceive him and bring him into the world he created. For the first time, man, Jesus allowed himself for man to allow Jesus an opening into the earth because through man, if he had come from heaven as a man, he would have been a counterfeit man. Because the entry of a man into this world must be through a man. Can you see it? That is why Melchizedek was not here for a long time. Because the Bible says that he didn't have any father nor mother. Nobody knew where he was from. He only came as a type of Christ and he went back. Because he's called the priest of God. But for Jesus, the high priest, who is perfect, more perfect. If there's a word like more perfect. Than, Jesus, than, than Melchizedek. He had to be entered into this world legitimately. Is he okay? He had to enter into this world legitimately. Otherwise, everything will not be possible. All right. So now we'll go back to Revelations. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side. Does it make sense to you now? Yes, sir. So the within is the terms and conditions. The, on the back side is the witnessing. God does not accept any other thing unless there is a witness. Even he himself, when Jesus appears to you and he says something to you, he always will tell you, go and look into the scripture because he's looking for a witness. Listen to me. If anybody appears to you and tells you any other thing, that is what I'm telling you, that you cannot always trace to the word of God. It has no witness. Don't believe. If you have a dream and they say you, you, are, you are dead, come back and look into the scripture and find out if there is a witness. You will not find one. The only witness is that, that you find is that with long life he will satisfy you. With long life, you will satisfy. You are passed on from death unto life. He has given you life and life abundant. These are the words that testifies about what will happen for you. So it's a choice. You can choose to believe anything in dream. There are some people, they believe their dreams more than the word of God. Dreams are powerful. That's, God speaks to us in that manner. But not a lot in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you hear dreams, dreams, dreams. And depending on your level in, Christ, in, in, the, in, in Christ, when Joel prophesied, he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, sons and daughters, they shall do what? Prophesy. He said, the young ones, see visions. And the old man shall dream dream. Are you old? <laughs> right now, in your, your, I'm not talking about your age now. 
your level as a technon in Christ will determine what? Right now you should be prophesying to you. You know, and when I say prophecy, I'm not talking about go and mention somebody's name. Edify, comfort, exalt. You look at yourself in the mirror. You begin to edify yourself. You come to church and you are all moody. We are praying. You can't pray. You think you are having fun. The devil has a... St- you, you, are, you, are, <laughs> you are a storehouse of the devil. Everybody is happy. You are the only one. Didn't you hear what the Bible says? Rejoice, I say. And I explained the word rejoice. He said, re, re, go back to joy. And he said it twice. You wake up and you are all moody. You wake up and you are all sooty. You wake up and you are all puddy. Look into the mirror and see yourself. And begin to exalt yourself. You don't need me in your house to come and say, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You don't need to. I'm not in your house. But look at yourself in the mirror. Because you are in the stage of prophecy. And begin to prophesy. Speak to yourself. Edify, comfort, and exalt yourself. Or you think when we say prophecy, word of knowledge is not prophecy. Your name is Isaac. You live here. It's not prophecy. It's called word of knowledge. Prophecy is foretelling. Can you see that? for listening to this message we believe you have been blessed by it we are word and spirit and we invite you to worship with us you will fall in love with our wednesday teaching service christian rayma night at 6 p.m encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on friday at 6 p.m and sit under the reign of heaven in our Vanessa service on sunday at 8 a.m Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-Eljedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-Eljedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a write up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed